Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down World Football Index's podcast where you get your culture to go. I'm Frank Crivello. He is not Richard Carmen. Mm. We have a more we have a handsome man for a change uh, j- joining me on Serie A Sit Down from Milan Weekly Podcast. Steve Polillo. Ciao Steve. Ciao, ciao to the Serie A Sit Down Nation. I'm taking Richard's place, the man who has his own logo, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> What an ego on this guy, right? I mean, it's not like he's producing this and can pull the plug on us anytime too, right? <laughs> he has no control. Before the show, guys, we were joking and, you know, uh, Frank said exactly that. He's producing it and he can pull the plug whenever he wants so we can't talk shit about him. And I said, I guarantee you, Richard, I will be talking shit about you. Richard is on location for work and uh, just uh, in the background producing the podcast as he uh, uh, does not have the uh, the greatest of equipment on location with him. So, um, uh, but uh, nonetheless, he is listening in and making sure that everything runs smoothly. Uh, Steve, good to have you with us, man. Uh, why don't we get started by just giving our listeners and viewers anthony's in the house i'm sure we'll have more people joining in as we go uh what's uh, been happening lately uh with you and Vinny over at milan weekly pod yeah well so uh we we record every uh every monday and we continue with uh milan weekly podcast on the monday talking everything milan uh had some great uh, great experience on the official milan twitch with uh, el presidente over the holidays, that was a good experience. Great, uh, great stuff. And you know, uh, Frank, we talk about this uh, every so often, not on air, but uh, between ourselves. Uh, you know, guys like yourself and Richard who produce great content. Uh, this content needs to make its way overseas and have you know some Europeans take a look at it and what English content is for Serie A, because it's very important that we continue to uh, promote Serie A on this side of the pond. And, you know, uh, that was my message to the English Milan Twitch account where, you know, guys like myself and Vinny will, you know, go above and beyond. You know, Presidente and Sonny are the, the, the designer that, uh, that does fantastic work for us in the background. You know, we're putting in hours. We're putting in stuff with zero budget. And we can entertain and we can produce quality Milan content even though we're an ocean away, right? So uh, that that for me is the message for me. And it's not because, oh, Steve and Vinny or Steve and President or on Milan Twitch. To be very honest, you guys, I'm an age myself, 40 years old, two kids. It's not for me. It's really for everybody else who's going to come after us and, and have some sort of opportunity. If I could do that and keep my kids following Milan, for me, that's great. We are the pioneers. <laughs> Uh, no doubt about it. No, I, I I agree with everything you're saying 100%. There are so many great and knowledgeable people, uh, including yourself and Vinny and, and Presidente with Milan Weekly Podcast. Uh, uh, you know, the the, sempre guy, the the far from Vesuvius guys, uh, Rafa, Ken, uh, all those guys there. I, I'm le- If I'm leaving people out, forgive me. Uh, the Lazio guys, Jerry, 
Steve Moore, uh, the Roma guys here. The you know, I mean, if you pick a club, we've got good people that cover it, uh, you know, and do great things. And yeah, you know, we we get we we can we can jump the pond. It's you know, in in, in this you know era of technology, the world is getting smaller and smaller, uh, which should make us easier and easier to find. Uh, so. Um, yeah, we keep we keep plugging away at it and pave the way for the younger generation to come up who will probably even be more knowledgeable than us. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd still challenge him to a history lesson on this sport, <laughs> and it, it, you know, in Italy We're and in win. We're always going to win. Frankly. We're always going to win. Yeah. You never you never want to battle the old guys when it comes to stuff like that. So uh, for, 40, you and Richard both hit the 4-0 then just uh, then just recently. I'm 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 really old. then. <laughs> so. <laughs> 47 for me in March. So you know what? You don't look you don't look 47. Well, God bless you. So I I, I feel about 74. You just flip the numbers. <laughs> so can't run anymore. Got a bum knee. My back hurts every morning. I mean, it's like, you know, everything everything's happening. Hey, everything's happening too quickly. Look at it, look at it uh, this way, uh, Frankie. You're getting close to that uh, senior citizen discount there. That's right. That's right. No, I'm gonna milk that for all it's worth. <laughs> so so, you know, you've uh, paid my dues. I'm here now. So, so no doubt about it. So um, we've got uh, some topics to discuss. What I'm going to do is we're just going to whip through everything that went on in match week 22. Goals, controversy, talking points. We've got plenty of them. So uh, we're going we're gonna to have you well informed um, and entertained, hopefully. Uh, so we'll get through all of that. We'll uh, get into some transfer discussion, a uh, little bit of coach move, coaching moves, uh, in particular, an interesting one at Sampdoria. And uh, we will finish it off with the world's most popular hashtag game, Who Won Calcio Twitter? Have you judged one of these yet? I don't think we've had you. No. Nope, nope. Oh, okay. This so my first. This will be your first. All right. So we're going to, I mean, I'm going to give you the honor of picking the winner once we get through all of them, too. So um, and away we go. Match week 22 began January 15th, began with Sampdoria hosting Torino. That ended 2 1. Uh, Francesco Caputo, my cousin, I believe, uh, scoring in the 18th minute. Um, Wilf- Wilfred Singo equalizing in the 27th. Dennis Pryat, former Sampdoria man, in the 67th. Uh, Lazio, 3-0 winner over Salernitana, so Salernitana can't get on a winning streak. Chiro Immobile with a brace, uh, the first of which coming from a wonderful backhill assist by Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. Uh, Manuel Atsari closing out the scoring in the 66th. Juventus, uh, we talked last week that uh, they may not miss Federico Chiesa all that much, and now they at least prove it this week with a win over Udinese 2-0. Paulo Dybala uh, scoring. We're going to talk about him in a little bit here in the 19th minute. Weston McKenney in the 79th, the American getting on the score sheet for the Bianconeri. Sunday's action, uh, an entertaining one if you woke up early for it. Sassuolo and Hellas Verona. 4-2 to the visitors. Gianluca Caprari opening the scoring in the 37th minute with Antonin Brock making it 2-0 just before halftime. Nice goal by Gianluca Scamacca in the 54th, uh, but the joy would be short-lived for Sassuolo. Barak would restore the two-goal lead for Hellas Verona with a penalty in the 57th. Gregoire Defrel making it interesting again in the 67th before Antonin Barak again uh, putting in a way a hat-trick for the Czech Republic International in the 94th minute, assisted by Nikola Kalinic, uh, Stevie. Um <laughs> Hard to I had, watch. I had I had Barak in the uh, in my Fanta Calcio. I have him in my team. I've had him all year. So uh, smart move. 
impressive impressive uh you know played at udine was supposed to be this next big uh, super transfer that didn't happen ends up at verona and uh, look at him you know he looks uh, he looks well yes he does uh, will he stay at verona we don't know but uh i'm afraid he's one of those players frankie that if he gets away from a system that he's comfortable with he'll come back down to earth yep there's a market for him but to your point uh, really, really thriving with Hellas Verona, regardless of the manager that they've had, too. Um, Venezia and Empoli, 1-1 draw there. I watched a, a little bit of this game. I had an interest in watching Mikhail uh, Cuisance in his first game with Venezia. Um, and uh, ends up in the referee's book in the 10th minute. Um, but uh, in the 26th minute, nice goal by uh, Simon Zerkowski uh, off a cross from Filippo Bandinelli for Empoli to go up by a goal to nil. Uh, David Okorike equalizing in the 73rd by Nani, new boy, <laughs> to Venezia. And uh, Nani had only been on for a minute before he provided that ball. So yeah. talk about instant impact. Uh, Roma, 1-0 winner over Cagliari. Speaking of instant impact, new signing Sergio Oliveira. I said this would be a great signing for Roma and scores a penalty in the 33rd minute. Overall, uh, relatively impressive in this game. Atalanta and Inter going goalless, nil, nil. Good performances by both goalkeepers, in particular Handanovic, who came up with six saves. Uh, Inter with a lot of the possession in that game. Uh, and then finally with Monday, uh, Bologna nil, Napoli two. The struggles continue at Bologna. Uh, Chucky Lozano with two goals there. Uh, Milan one, Spezia two, much to our chagrin. Uh, Teo Hernandez missing a penalty. Uh, Rafael Lau scoring in... Uh, just before halftime, um, Kevin Agudelo, who seems to be a problem for Milan whenever he plays Milan for Spezia, he scored last year, I think, uh, against them, uh, making it 1-1. And then uh, controversy towards the end of the game, which we'll talk about here shortly. Um, Rebic was fouled. There should have been an advantage. Junior Messi has scored a wonderful goal that was not allowed. The whistle was blown prematurely. The play was not allowed to go through. Uh, that goal gets canceled out. 96th minute, Spezia on the break. Kovalenko finds Emmanuel Giassi 2-1. Spezia with the three points there. Um, and then it finishes up with Fiorentina absolutely battering Genoa uh, 6-0. The faster Genoa can get relegated, the better. Uh, in the fi- uh, Dusan Vlaovic tries to Penenka in the 11th minute. It doesn't go well, uh, but it didn't matter. Uh, Alvaro Odriozola in the 15th minute. Bonaventura in the 34th. Uh, Biragi with the first of two great free kicks in the 42nd. He would get another one in the 68th. Dusan Blaovic does make amends in the 51st minute to make it 4-0. And then, as the commentator put it, the smallest man on the pitch, Lucas Torreira getting his head on one uh, from another new signing that uh, contributes, Jonathan Icone, um, to make it 6-0. Uh, so those were your matches uh, let's begin with what went down in Milan and Spezia, uh, Stephen, because I want to talk about this game with you being a Milan guy, me being a Milan guy. We always like to try to, you know, get a little bit more in depth about them. Let's start with the controversial call. Clearly, the referee realized after the game he made a mistake. He's trying to apologize, trying to trying to make it as right as he possibly can, but he did the damage. It stinks. 
it robbed Milan of a pos- of, of three. And let's face it, it would have been three points if you let yes. the advantage go. Milan aren't trying to press to make it 3-1. They're going to go ahead and try to use the rest of that game as late as that was to preserve the three points. So it's a it's an entirely different way of approaching the game. That gets taken away. Um, and it makes you vulnerable on the counter. It makes you vulnerable on the counter with, like, what, 12th and 13th choice center backs that Milan have now. Uh, so it... Nothing wrong with Milan trying to still press on and go for the three points, but this is a if, – if, if Milan miss out on something by three points, everyone's going to be looking at this game. Yeah, they will. But for me, uh, I'm taking the stance of we should not have been in this position. And that's what I was hoping you would say because I've been sitting and thinking, let me play devil's advocate, should have never came to this. Milan dominated this game, yeah. probably should have been 3-0 by halftime and done and dusted. It should have, Frank. And, you know, uh, I took to Twitter just to see. I'm not someone who's going to start having conversations with people on Twitter. That's just I find that the 140 characters is not enough. I like to have discussions and see people's people's point. You know, and I'm not saying because, you know, how, how Twitter is now or social media is now. I'm not saying Milan shouldn't be in this position equals Milan sucked against Spezia because they didn't. No, they didn't. They played well. I'm saying that there's games like this where you don't take uh, you don't take those opportunities, you don't score and put those guys to bed, and you end up with a ref who's making a mistake. And we saw it in the NFL too this weekend. It's funny that it happened in the NFL as well. I think it was in uh, the Vegas and uh, Cincinnati game where the ref blew the whistle too early. Uh, you see, it happens in other sports. It happens mm-hmm. in soccer multiple times. He made a mistake. I'm not saying he did not make a mistake. He made a mistake. What he did do and what the human side of us being fellow humans should take account is that he he actually admitted that he made a mistake, which yep. is very rare. Yep. But Milan cannot be a, scuten- a Scudetto contender if we're having the Colombian who comes in as a sub be this game breaker to destroy our, you know, uh, our chance of taking three points against Spezia. It's goddamn Spezia. They didn't do nothing the whole game, Frankie. They did nothing. Tiago Mota could come on. He could talk whatever he wants. He can write whatever he wants. He's an interist. He's going to do that. Mm-hmm. He's going to talk shit that they had the game of their life. They played well. No, no. I sit here in Montreal. All the way here in Montreal, watch the same game as you. Yep. You cannot tell me that Spezia had this fantastic game and they deserved the three points. That's just Tiago Mota playing his shenanigan games. Mm-hmm. I would have respected him and just said, this is the way soccer is. We take the three points, we go home. They yep. took pictures. They did all these. <laughs> they put themselves on social media. Tre punti, the, the account. That's the thing that bothers me. But yeah. if Milan does that, when Milan does that, Milan wins a game and they take their pictures and they do their stuff, it's a scandal. Oh, you took a picture because you beat Venezia. You took a picture because of this. Spezia took a picture and they robbed three points. Yeah. The most frustrating part about Spe- Milan Spezia is, one, why can't we goddamn win at home? What's the problem with us playing at home? That's number one. Number two, once this happens... I'm fed up of hearing, oh, we have a young team. How could this team not be mature enough 
with Zlatan on, who played 95 minutes at 40 yep. years old, and he can't because no one has the balls to sub him out. Why can't we keep at least, at least the point? Save face and keep the point at least. We lost everything, Frank. We lost everything. This is again against Betsy. The last time this happened, it screwed up our Scudetto. I'm not going to say the Scudetto race. It put us in a really awkward situation. Now, yesterday, Spezia is not a world beater, Frank. It tell me <laughs> we're losing to Real Madrid like that. I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take it. But Spezia, if you wanna, if you wanna contend for the Scudetto, Milan Twitter. Anybody who follows Milan, if you're dropping points to Spezia at home, it's gonna be tough to win the Scudetto. You look, the, Milan's home form, they're sixth in the league if you just look at home uh, matches, which clearly you want that to be better. Um, I mean, and I think we're second, table. we're second if you take only away points. Yeah, if you look if at away, at Milan are second that, away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, sure. Look at Inter at home. Played 10, won eight, drawn two. 27 scored, seven conceded. They take care of they they got the crowd behind them and they go and they take care of business. So, um, Roma, it's it's kind of crazy to see Roma second, but I think that that just has to do with they they've played more games than anyone at home. Um, you got Torino third. Torino, interesting enough, third at home. Um, you know, seven wins, two draws, two defeats. Milan have three defeats um, at home. Napoli have three defeats at home as well. It should be noted. Juventus have three defeats at home. And these are teams that are chasing the – I mean, that's right now when you take a look at that. <laughs> interest top of the table mainly, you know, because they're taking care of business at home. And they're doing it against – they're taking care of the inferior opponents. They're not wasting their time around t- with them. They're not playing around with them. Calgary, 4-0. Uh, Salernitana – well, it was I at Salernitana. It was 5-0 yeah. without breaking yeah. a sweat. Exactly. I, I get just get frustrated, Frank. You know, and and I hope you know the, the the people have never seen Milan Weekly podcast, and and you know I I come on here not 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 trying to be this person who's you know dishing out uh, shade at uh, at Milan, and you know I'm not a bagwagon. I'm right. someone that likes to be a realist, and it's something that has bothered me since the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. We had. Milan has areas of weakness that needed to be addressed. Yep. Needed to be addressed and have not been addressed. It's two years now. So I understand Elliot and what they are as, a, a, as an owner where they need to make Milan self-sustainable. And I get the accounting portion of it. Lean. Lean is the word I like yes, to use with them. Lean. You, you know, uh, but as a Milan fan, you you need to understand that there's a certain window and for me this window is is now yeah you know juve's weak uh atalanta i don't believe they have enough inter is uh, inter lost their two best players guys mm-hmm. and everybody sit, listening to seria sit down world football index podcast i'm even going to be a little bit like richard they lost their best two players and they're still in first place. Yep. Milan, as an organization and as someone who 
a team that has a rich history in winning should understand that. And I'm pretty sure they want to do it. But you're going to have to go a little bit more in the red to try to get some of that quality. My famous saying is get me a fucking right wing. Get me a right (laughs) wing, Frankie. That's all I want. Because yesterday against Spezia, if you're watching that game, Salchicha maker, all all the heart in the world, Frankie. But you saw in front of goal, he's missing that. He's quality. not clinical enough. Messias, I love the story. I really do. Mm-hmm. I cheer for people like that. But when it comes to my Milan and you come in as a sub and you're not ready, you're not linking up with your teammates, you're out of position, you're trying too much. That's a major problem. Yep. We need also, Frankie, sorry. Before I stop my rant. No, go ahead. We need someone up top, Frank. We're relying on a 40-year-old, and we brought in someone who's almost as old, and we have not looked at the future and how Milan will solve the striking problem that we have. Let me ask you this. Um I had a couple of couple of uh, top, couple of point, things I wanted to wanted to kind of pick your brain about, you know, with this current Milan at the moment. Rafael Leao has found him found some really nice form of late, and obviously scored the goal here. Probably could have went on and scored one or two more. As I watched this game, though, um, and I've watched some other games, he thrives in particular with the presence of someone like Zlatan Ibrahimovic up front, or and, and at times Olivier Giroud. Where what I'm finding is that the opponents are putting far more attention on the striker, and Leao is left one v one. Are you seeing that too? And that's why he's and he's taking advantage of it. And should he's, we say, hey, he's a, this is what a good player should do if he's getting himself in these situations? Godspeed, go ahead and do it. But when it's, I'm worried that if it's a Rebic up front, Leao could end up being useless because now the attention now you've got. You've got somebody defending him and confronting him. You've got somebody covering behind. And it's like, okay, Rebic might not be as dangerous. We can put a little bit more attention and we can we can overload a little bit and defend Leao and defend him out of the game. It's a matter of time, Frankie. Sorry, I have something in my eye. I don't know what the hell is going on over here. That's okay. Uh, it's a matter of time. And you know Serie A better than, you know, you're, you're much older than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Serie A will adapt. It's a yep. creature of habit. They see yep. what's going on. They will adapt to Leao and they will force... They will. If I'm an opposing team, I'm flooding Milan's left-hand side. Yep. And I'm daring you to try to beat me with your right hand, with your right-hand side of your, of your team. Try uh-huh. to beat me with Macias and Salchicha Maker. Try. Yeah. Try. Yeah. I don't care what you do. I don't care because in the end, I will win. I will win. I will overload. I will neutralize Leao. I will frustrate him. I will frustrate Tio Hernandez. And I will allow you to do whatever you want. Whatever you want on the right-hand side. And unfortunately, Milan don't have the quality to do anything on the right-hand side. Right. How it's not been done up till now is beyond me. But it will happen. Yeah. It's gonna happen, Frank. Yeah. And you know, credit to Leao. And you know me, 
I've been the hardest critic on Leal because everybody who got mad at me last year who said he's not ready, he's not focused. This year you're seeing the you're seeing him grow. He still needs to grow because mm-hmm. I think in the final third he can be even more intelligent and and get his get some of his teammates involved too. But with Leao, imagine someone up front who's more dynamic, more where they can play off each other. Then who do you check? Then who do you put the attention? Because now they know Zlatan can't move. Yep. He can hold up the ball, but he can't move now at 40. Plus, everybody's goddamn scared on Milan to sub him out. So he stays right. the whole game and he's tired. He can't move at minute one. He will not be able to move at minute 95. We have Giroud. Giroud, for me, right now, is playing better than Zlatan. And he should be starting. Because he holds up play. He's much more dangerous in the box. And he can move. But we're still gambling here, Frank. Mm. We have no one else after that. You said, you just said it. Put Rebic up top. We went through that. That's Minesta Riscaldata. We tried that already. It's not for him. Well, I don't want to put Rebic up top. No. I'm just speaking. Zlatan's not available. Jitter's not available. When I have Rebic a question top, for you, Frank. I have. Let, I know. I, I want to try to. I want to give you a question because I want. Oh, sure. I want All your right. input. Input on this. Yeah. We have such a terrible time on the right hand side. Yep. Can't we goddamn take Rebic and put him on the goddamn right wing? I don't hate it. It looks like uh, there's a couple folks in here that that like that idea. Um, Dominic. Uh, Dominic V2C says it. Um, Danny Malibu saying, by the time Milan fixed the right wing, we're going to have to take care of other areas. I don't hate the idea. Um, you know, Salamakers is there. Or, I'm sorry, you're the guest. Salsicha Maker is there <laughs> to provide. He's, you know, he work rate. Okay. Strange, strange because he's, you know, boxed. He's decent box to box, but then he's not clinical, as we said. I mean, had a great chance to to make it 2-0 in the beginning of the second half and totally missed it. Um, you know, Messias is not a long he's he's a band-aid, he's not a long-term answer. Um, you know, and then Rebic is, yeah, he's he's done it for his national team. He would be comfortable there. Um I wouldn't uh I wouldn't hate the idea. I mean, at this point, what else you got to lose? I mean, the other thing that I would probably float out there, now that you've got Calabria back, put Florenzi there. You don't have to have Florenzi attack the box. You can just have him sit on the right, and you can have him just pump in crosses. He's got a decent crossing game to him. Yeah, and I then know. Calabria can stay home and defend. Or he can – what Calabria is really good at doing, I mean, when you look at both fullbacks – what they're really good at doing, you know, and they'll have their moments where they'll stay wide and they'll get touchline and get, or get, you know, get up to the touchline and then come in line and cross it. But one thing that they're really, really good at doing, and especially, you know, Teo is good at it and he gets more attention for being good at it. But Davide Calabria is really good at it too, where he comes inside, you know, and a winger can pull you away. Get Florenzi out to the touchline. Okay, and let him drag some people there, and then there's some spaces. Let Calabria slip in there, you know, and play him, and then play him in. You can do that. I mean, these are all these are all options. Um, there was a comment there. There was a comment there that said that Rebic likes to cut in from from the from the left, and and you know because he's right footed. Yeah, and then uh, Promothusus, Promothusus, 
promote this. How do you pronounce this guy's name? I I don't know. I okay. We're gonna <laughs> call you Prom. So Prom uh, has this Prometheus. comment. Prometheus. Prometheus. Prometheus, Prometheus yes. has this comment, and I agree. But not everybody could play the left hand side and cut in. Right now, you have Leao. That's what he's doing, and he's doing it the best he's had in a Milan shirt. So you cannot touch him on the left hand side. But sometimes in a Scudetto race. Someone's gonna have to play out of position to, to fill a gap. And you know what? I'm pretty sure as a professional soccer player, Rebic can play the right hand side. Hey, you will not be able to cut in. Okay, throw me in some crosses, become dangerous in the box. Like Frank said, play with your midfield, play off your uh, play off your, your center back that's playing behind you. There's so many things on the right hand side that he can do. And it's even for him, it's more playing time. And yep. our best, our best starting lineup now, unless they do something in the mercato, which I really think that they're not gonna do, is having Leao on one side and Rebic on the other side. Because you have a right footer in Salchicha Maker on the right hand side. I don't think he's not left footed. Is Salchicha Maker left footed? No, he's right footed. He's right footed. So yeah. why don't we put a better right-footed player on the right-hand side and say, you know what, Rebic, take it for the team, buddy. Take yep. it for the team. We really need you because these guys are not getting it done. Don't hate the idea. I mean, and you start them and you, you get aggressive and you get the goals. Salamaker, so, I, I got you on the show. <laughs> Salzicha Makers. <laughs> Salzicha Maker. Uh, he's a guy that if you... You want to make a change for the last 30 minutes and you have a lead, then you yep. put him on and you use that work rate and your ball, I you know, the ball agree. winning and some of the qualities that he has. But have somebody more clinical to start the game and get yourself ahead, you know, and then, you know, and then at some point, hell, you still have five substitutions, which I think is really stupid. Um, and I think it, I think it, I think it disrupts the game. I, th I think it, you know, I, it had its purpose. You know, and rightfully so. But I mean, come on. It, it, other leagues are going back to three substitutions. They're in their cups. They're going staying at five. You know, Syria, come on, fall asleep. Let's get back to three substitutions and let's make this more a more. Uh, no, I let's disagree. put more tactical restrictions on these men. If, the, if they don't, if they don't fix international football and stop making them play, at least the the more talented players making them play too much soccer. Mm -hmm. I think they should keep five uh, five substitutions. Uh, we're going to disagree on that. I, I think yeah. it. I, I think you're giving. I, I I think you're giving the managers too much room to tinker. Um, I, it's just I, I I like I like three. I feel like anything more than that is 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 giving them a chance to to overthink something or to overcomplicate something. So, well, that's on the manager. He can yep. use them if he wants. He doesn't yep. have to use them, but yep. that's on him. Okay. And for me, it's just I'm looking at just at the amount of soccer that these guys play. Yeah. I'm looking at how more dynamic the game could be and how they can switch things up with five. With three, you really can't because in theory, you don't really have three. You have two because you got to keep one. You got to keep one in case something really so – the shit hits the fan. And yep. they always do that. That 89th minute where there's always a problem that the guy didn't want to get undressed for one minute. Like, you know, 
really first world problems, right? He doesn't want to get dressed. He makes a, he makes a nice chunk of change. Doesn't want to come in as a substitution. With five, you're able to you're able to 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 hit another gear in terms of what you could do with your formation. Where in three you can. Uh, and it's also the ag- the other agenda is when I play DraftKings and I'm playing soccer slates where <laughs> there's five substitutions and I'm getting excited about picking a guy that I've got at low ownership and he's doing really well. And then at halftime, he's getting yanked and I'm like, son of a bitch. But they have to adjust that too. And I agree with you with that because in Fanta culture, it's the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have to adjust that too because you should not be penalized for someone coming out. Yep. And you kind of are. Yep. Because you either have to handcuff him and be able to sub someone in, like that—that that has to change too in the in in the DraftKings too. Like I know, in I play a lot of fantasy football. Yep. There's no, you know, you pick a team and you go with that team. The DraftKings model, where it's week by week and you flip those players for a lineup for the week, mm-hmm. that has to change. Can't yep. it can't be like that because in in all the other sports. They don't really get subbed like they do in soccer. When I you're subbed, have... when you're subbed in soccer, you're out for the game. When you're subbed in football, you can come back in the next play. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, another player I want to ask you about, uh, Brian Diaz. This dip in form is concerning to me. Um, I think it's a product of him being found out. I think it's also a product of him maybe not having the physicality for this league. Um, I think it's a combination of those things. I mean, where are you at with Brian Diaz? I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because I think he he started off the year well. Uh, I don't know, and I'm not going to use it as an excuse. Uh, I think not only the COVID slowed him down, but I think he also picked up a knock uh, mixed in with the COVID. But you know that's that's a bit of that's a bit of us also having to deal with Hakan leaving and going to Inter. And we playing really, the playing, yeah, yeah. We really want Diaz to do well, mm. and and I do, and we need someone there. But we've also said in the past he might not be the answer, and we had no other answer this year. So we're all in with Brahim Diaz. Mm. We we have no choice to be, yep. unless. You know, we spoke about it uh, shortly there. Do you start playing around with a trio of, you know, Kessie, Tonali, and Benasset, where yeah. we've tried Kessie behind the strikers already once this year, and it didn't, it wasn't that bad. Is it right. a long-term solution? No, because he can't, he doesn't, he doesn't play that position. No. But again, sometimes in a Scudetto race, you're gonna have to play a position that you usually don't play. You know. Yep. Kessie played center back when we had no center backs. So, you know, Rebic right wing. But you, you understand where I'm trying? I'm try- I was secretly leading you to this. My question to you, Frank, and to everybody at Serie A, sit down. Whatever you want to do, we can continue the Milan con- uh, conversation if you want. Has management failed us as fans? Has has Milan's management has Milan management screwed up and not addressed their 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 positions of weakness on this Milan for a potential Scudetto run this year this window? I don't think so. Um, 
let's let's remember. I think we going into the, I think the the statistics going into Christmas. Twenty one out of the twenty nine senior players were either injured or were out with COVID, and they're still in second. Okay, uh, they still went through a, a brutal Champions League group stage, and despite finishing fourth, were very competitive. Um, you know, are the results completely what we want as Milan fans? No, but we're also a very demanding fan base. You only need to go back and look at our history and look at what we're used to. We're also a fan base that is coming out of a dire handful of years here where there was no plan, where there was no direction, where there was no management. I'm I'm with Richard. Richard said, not yet. Let's talk at the end of January. And I agree. Let's, you know... There's a, I think they're going to probably have to get some cover at the center back positions because those players keep getting injured. And I think from a depth standpoint, we're thin as it is. There might be one or two other players they might get on top of that. Now, what scares me is, and I can't remember where I read it, uh, they're talking about a Mr. X for the center back position. And I said, anytime you bring up Mr. X with Milan fans, you just we we all just collectively shit ourselves. Ooh. The last Mister X was fucking Fernando Torres, and not the Fernando Torres going from Atletico Madrid to Liverpool. Fernando Torres, dusty ass, can't run, can't do shit, and didn't do shit. Now we're <laughs> so we immediately associate Mister X. You're gonna dust off some guy who is not gonna be able to deal with the physicality of a Zapata or a uh, Osman is not going to be able to deal with the pace and cleverness of an Immobile, uh, is not going to be able to handle what Inter throws at you with Lautaro and with Aiden Dzeko. You're going to say Mr. X. And right off the bat, we're all saying, oh, shit. (laughs) No, for me, uh, I'm not saying failed. For me, what's frustrating is that I don't want to, I don't want to be in the same group as Roma Lazio, Napoli. These teams all had a window when both Inter and Milan were at their shit. Their shit. Mm-hmm. And not one of them took the opportunity to win. Mm-hmm. Their ownership really failed them. And I'm going to put, we're going to give Roma a little asterisk as much as I, I, I dislike, uh, I, I don't dislike Roma. What pisses me off is them is they cry about their stupid bonsai tree that they won. That's the only thing they've won ever. And by the way, why is Roma Twitter after us after that Milan Spezia game? Don't we? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't pay attention to that. But you know, that's the thing that you know it's so polarized because there is some normal Roma fans out there. Yeah. But if if they look into their inside their their trophy case, and they see that bonsai tree. That's the thing that bothers me because they had the opportunity to win. They were missing certain they were missing certain pieces that they could have purchased. And you know what? Roma was going to be in financial fair play anyways. Might as well win a Scudetto for it no. and didn't take it. We have the Napoli fans. They're always crying. The only thing they know how to say is, you know, the only thing they know how to say is that they're always getting robbed, but yet their owner doesn't want to spend money. And he's sending Lorenzo Insigne to TFC. Well, TF, yep. Lorenzo Insigne is taking the money that TFC is giving him. I, and I don't want Milan to fall in that trap. And I think that 
the way Elliot and the way management wants to be lean, like you said earlier, it's kind of leaning us back to that. Frank, my worst nightmare is Milan becomes Arsenal, where they care more about the books than what, what we're winning. And, and that because that's not Milan. And I said it when we when we took Gazidis on. And I have nothing bad to say about Gazidis. I was always the, the one who was saying, I hope he decides to take care of the finances. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. But God forsake, don't turn my Milan into Arsenal. No. You know, and and that's that's a bit on Elliot too. And I saw a little bit on the comments, you know, it's Elliot that they're cash trapping uh, the management on what they want they what they can and cannot spend. Elliot also needs to understand that as much as we are, you know, normal soccer fans want to understand that yes, it needs to be it needs to be in the black, not in the red. We need to be positive and self-sufficient. We need to have some sort of project. And yep. with them not addressing the striker, not addressing the center attacking midfield that we've needed for the longest time, the right wing that we've needed for the longest time, depth at certain positions that right now it's obvious we don't have. Because everybody was going crazy. Gabbia and Kalulu, the next coming of Maldini and Baresi. <laughs> Guys, you have to look and manage your expectations against who we were playing against too. Yes, it's fine against Venezia. They're gonna look like Maldini and Baresi against Venezia, but look at look at the Spezia game. And it's starting. Serie A is smart. All the teams are smart, except yep. for Genoa and Sandoria. All the teams are smart. Mm -hmm. They're gonna adapt and they're gonna catch up and they're gonna find your weaknesses and they're gonna and they're gonna exploit them. I yeah. So I mean, I guess in short. I'm not ready to say that they're a failure. Um, I think that a lot of things have happened this season out of their control. I I think they're fine. I think they're happy with what they can get out of Ibrahimovic and Giroud for now. I, I think that there's enough foresight in this management to know that they're going to have to get younger at that position and have somebody that they're going to want for a long time. Ibra's not, Ibra's not going to last forever. Giroud's probably gonna wear thin at some point. Um, I expect them to address it. Let's is, is my is my attitude towards it. Um, but I think this is the new model for how Milan are going to do business. They're going to be smart about it. They're not going to spend over their heads. They're going to bring in responsible players. They're going to bring in guys that they think can, you know, can be a fit for what Pioli wants or, you know, if there's another manager after that at some point down the road. Yeah. Uh, but I, that's, that's my expectation of the management. And um, I mean, right now seeing that injuries, COVID, a lot of the hardships that have hit this team that they're second uh, and that they're still in this thing. Um, that's, I'd love to be top of the table in 10 points clear. Who wouldn't? But, no, for sure. You know, sure. at this but, stage of the season that we're in it with a shout, I mean, you know, Juventus's ambition is top four, and you're, that's a club that thinks they should win the Scudetto every season. Yeah. No, um, no, and I agree with that. For me, also, the other things is, you know, what, what, what irritates me is, you know, you, yesterday we started a midfield two of Krunic, and Bakayokoko. <laughs> yeah. 
And you know what? I have nothing against Krunic. I think that he's like kind of like that little Swiss Army knife. Again, depth player. You're not going to have 11 superstars on this. He's, he's Pioli's pet. Yeah. He, I think he I said on Twitter him. the other day, I said, I said Milan might have a PS, Milan could have a PSG budget and Pioli would still start Krunic. <laughs> maybe yes, maybe no. But to start, and then, like, we decided to bring back Bakayokoko. Mm-hmm. And we decided to keep Daniele Maldini on this team and send out Pobega back on loan to Torino. That's what irritates me. Mm-hmm. Is isn't it a better scenario for someone like Daniele Maldini to go out there and get some loan minutes, get some minutes, some starting time, wherever he's gonna play, and bring in Podbega and evaluate evaluate him over six month time? Well, we could have used him yesterday, that's yep. for sure. And then one year's time, and then you make your decision. Is he someone that is going to fit in this Milan midfield for the future? Or is he someone that we have to move on to? No. We sent him back to Torino to play garbage minutes there. For us to start a midfield of Krunic and Bakayokoko. Which Bakayokoko, Minesta Riscaldata, it's just something doesn't click with him mm-hmm. this time around. And I would have liked them to keep someone younger, like Pogbega, who already went on loan, mm-hmm. and give some minutes to Daniele Maldini away on loan. He's going to have to sleep away from Mama and Papa for at least a couple of years. Yeah. Maybe he's going to get a little bit, a, a little, you know, he's going to get a little bit of a culture shock. Mm-hmm. But that's life in Serie And if he can't handle a loan deal away, then I'm sorry. I hope there's another Maldini in the legacy or the legacy stops here. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm distracted by uh, Presidente saying that Elliot reminds me of my parents. They only spent money when they had it. Still don't. Presidente's <laughs> parents still don't use a credit card to this day. Presidente, this explains a lot about you. Okay. <laughs> this, this, and in a way... <laughs> I'm not terribly surprised. <laughs> Presidente's parent, they have uh, rolls of $100 bills underneath yeah. the mattress. <laughs> the Presidente's parents have no problem with money. Extra Presidente's back support. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some people just use plywood, stick it between the mattress and the box spring, but no. Presidente's parents have stacks of $100 bills. Yeah. <laughs> I got sidetracked there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So, I mean, I mean, we could go on forever and just make this a complete meal on pod. Let's, let's jump into some other topics. Um, the Paulo Dybala situation um, scores a goal, stares at Nedved and I don't know who's trying to be a tough guy. I mean, and there's contract conversations. Juventus management are saying that they're going to revisit the extension with him in February as they're going to revisit with, I believe, two or three other players. Inter, rumors about Inter might swoop for him. I mean, Paulo Dybala's body of work 
is he worth resigning? Is he is it worth it for Juve to resign him? I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again on yours, just to give everybody and to piss off everybody. Who the hell is Paulo Dybala? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Who the hell does Paulo Dybala think he is? I, I'm not a Nedved fan. Uh, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I was never a Nedved fan. I don't. I I dislike him more with the position that he has at Juventus. I think that's not even a good position for him. I think he he's probably the architect of this debauchery. If I could use a fancy word that a lot of people are going to be shocked that I even know how to pronounce. But he's also a world-class player who won a golden ball. Paulo Dybala, you barely play half seasons. Mm -hmm. I don't doubt your talent, but you're not worth $10 million. They can call you La Joya. They can call you La Mascarina. They can call you La Mutandina. In the end, you're not worth $10 million. And this is the Ronaldo effect. This is once they brought in CR7 and gave him a ton of money, everybody else was going to ask for a ton of money that Serie A teams cannot afford. Mm. And this is what's happening at Milan. Kessie wants $9 million. What do you think when everybody else wants to renew, what do you think they're going to ask for? Oh, no. They're gonna ask for six. They're gonna ask for one point three over three years just because they want to stay at Milan. People, the, the lifespan of a soccer player is not long. Frank. You know, it's very rare that you get the Baresis of this world that you know, and the Zlatans of this world that are talented enough and you know, in great physical shape that will last till forty. Mm-hmm. So I get Paulo Dybala's stance too that he's looking for the next payday. Turn yourself and follow Insigne to the MLS. Because yep. I'm telling you now, guys, if Serie A doesn't fix their shit fast, this league is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because if the MLS had one ounce of intelligence on them, which I'm still convinced that they don't, and they would have you know, foregone this salary cap thing and said, you know what, guys? For a year or two, start spending. There would be a lot of guys who would be taking whatever whatever plane they can take from Europe and coming and play here mm. in the MLS. Unfortunately, in the MLS, they have another problem. Everybody wants to play or in New York or in LA and nowhere else. Yeah, they're not coming, they're not coming here after playing a decorated career and playing for big cities in, in Europe to go to play in Columbus. Yeah, and no offense to Columbus, that's just the way it is, though. They're not going to come here to play in Columbus. They want to play in Miami. You know, Beckham is going to... Imagine if Beckham is allowed to spend and he decides to start reaching out to his contacts. So, you know, that's that's the thing that frustrates me when I see these comments online. You know, oh, how come we can't pay him? Or, no, I don't want to give him this money. The problem is not the team. It's not Juventus's problem, whether we like it or not. And as much as I hate Juventus, the problem is Serie A, Frank. Mm-hmm. They're stuck in the they're stuck in the in the dinosaur age. Yep. We make zero dollars. We make nothing from revenue. We're we're a disaster when it comes to our international rights. We have zero control over the teams and what they do. Our stadiums are from 1945. If not further along than that, 1945, 
you know, in Canada, we have an excuse because everybody's unionized. Everything takes forever. Yep. But you in the good old U.S. of A., in your hometown, if you get a professional team, in one calendar year, you will have a flamboyant, state-of-the-art stadium. Sure. Built. Roma's been trying to build the stadium till since Twitter was created. It's supposed to be up by now, wasn't it? Stadio, Stadio del Roma. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. Milan and Inter, two humongous teams. Yes, they're from the same city. Let's come. They're gonna share. Them. They're gonna share a new stadium. They're gonna share a new stadium again, Frank. What the hell is this? Again? That's yeah. like the Yankees and the Mets sharing a stadium. Yeah. Is it not? Is that a good comparison? That's a great comparison. I mean, hell, you can look at the NFL right now. The Rams and the Chargers are sharing a stadium. Yeah, and I think the the Jets and the Giants share a stadium. No, don't they? Do they play both at MetLife. Yes, you are correct. Like in the NFL. There's eight games, Frank. You know, they're not. They're gonna sell. The NFL is 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 a is a PR driven, humongous mega league. Serie can't compete with any of the other leagues, and they're just gonna fall further and further behind if they don't fix their shit. And if they don't fix their shit, no team's gonna be able to play. Newcastle. I tweeted something out. Newcastle with their new owner. To make everybody's life easier, any transfer rumor that comes out from the beginning of the Mercato window in January till the end of the Mercato window window in the summer, they should include hashtag Newcastle is interested. Sensi to Sandoria, hashtag Newcastle is interested. Because they can buy everybody. Mm -hmm. They can literally buy everybody. And for someone like Piff to come to Serie A and evaluate Inter and Milan and say, nah, you know what? Storied franchise, okay, books, ah, we could fix them. You know, if they go into their cookie jar, they could have erased our debt. But then they say, wow, we have to deal with Serie A? Oh, no, no, I'm not going there. I'm going to go buy Newcastle. Fucking Newcastle, Frank. Yeah. Who the hell wants to own Newcastle? People in England don't even want to play in Newcastle. Apparently Piff does. <laughs> so... And now people are going to want to play because they're going to turn it to the they're going to turn it to England's Abu Dhabi. They're, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be like a, there's going to be roller coasters. There's going to be everything there. Well, I mean, fortunately for Inter, I mean, it sounds like Brozovic stayed loyal to Inter. He, Nuka, it sounded like Newcastle wanted him, but he's decided no. Would do I want to live in in Milan, fashion capital, one of the fashion capitals of the world, or do I want to live in Northeast England? <laughs> you know, so. And that was whole that was Brozovic's what's, whole reasoning for staying. And but what's the cracking amount though? What's the amount that pushes you over the edge? What amount do you say, you know what? I'm gonna go. They pulled Kieran, they pulled Kieran Trippier out of Madrid. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, so clearly they're gonna have enough. So you know, yeah, and, and and Presidente, you have a point. Yeah, I mean, all five of those teams have their own stadium. Uh, you know, Arsenal have the Emirates. Uh, Tottenham have, uh, I can't remember what they call that stadium now. Chelsea have Stamford Bridge. Uh, West Ham, I believe, have the Olympic Stadium now. Um, and uh, uh, Crystal Palace have Selhurst Park. Um, so, yeah, they, they all Don't have their Tottenham own. Tottenham have the New Wembley? Isn't it the New Wembley? There's no, they, they have their own ground. Um, and I can't remember what the name of it was. So, but no, the new Wembley is not owned by any club. So, 
um, at least from uh, at least from what I understand. So, uh, but I mean, my here's my thing about Dybala. I mean, let me come back to Dybala. I've never considered him world class ever. No. Um, I think that he got fat on one really nice game at home against Barcelona back in 2017. That's it. Um, yep. Whenever any other big game since then, you don't he he hides that Champions League final that year. You didn't you couldn't find him. Okay, he was not a he was against Real Madrid. He needed him to be a part of to, for he then just have any chance to win that game. Needed him to step up. Nowhere to be found. Okay, anytime you get him in a neutral environment against a good team, he's not coming through. Okay, that has been my that has been my knock on him. And maybe what? Yeah, White Hart Lane. It might be the new White Hart Lane. I know White Hart Lane was the old stadium for Tottenham, but I don't know. Anyway, whatever they call their stadium, they still suck. Yeah. So Antonio Conte's trying. Antonio Conte went into that. Went in there and said, "What did I sign up for?" He's He's actually got him playing all right. He's gonna leave. Yeah, he'll leave. (laughs) He'll leave when he finds out Daniel Levy doesn't want to buy anybody. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, so. He doesn't command world class money to me. No. And no. and that's that that's the sticking point. I think I think and I think Juventus have all the leverage for that reason and for the for the for the same reasons that Richard and I exhausted last week on this podcast when we talked about Chiesa's injury. Juventus is a system team with a system manager that they does not need Dybala they can go and have somebody else play in that 10 role and make a difference, you know, where they don't, you know, Italy will miss Chiesa, probably miss Chiesa more than Juventus will. Juventus can plug in Bernardeschi and Kulishevsky, you know, even can push Quadrado up into a winger position to basically perform the same functions that are expected at those positions at Juventus because they're set and they're defined by the manager. There isn't a lot of freedom to how Juventus play, okay? Same thing with Dybala. Juventus have all the leverage that I don't have to pay you $10 million that I could go and find the next guy that's going to be like you that's 22 and give him $2 million. Yep. Okay? Mm-hmm. And if Inter want to spend $10 million on him when they already have Chalhanolu there and let that be a pissing contest over, over, over who's going to be the 10, have at it, you know? Have at it. And then, it, you know, then it brings up the question, like, Inter is going to be willing to give him this $10 million a year. Yeah. Okay. Inter is also in debt $300 million. Yeah. So, you see, that's the that's the frustrating part, is that no one's accountable for this debt. And they're able to go in this debt and still pick up players and are willing to. And we have on our side Elliot who doesn't want he wants to penny pinch. You understand? This is the difference between the two the two ways of looking at it. And I know as someone who's a diehard Milan fan, I would say, you know what, go get him at 10 million. It's just Serie A is not made for these types of salary. They don't generate no. enough money for their teams to command 10 million dollars. No. And you know, Frank, we watch North American sports. $10 million is not that much. No, it isn't. <laughs> you know, I'm not an avid baseball fan, and I, uh, but I watch. We lost the Expos, uh, but I still enjoy, uh, you know, a good baseball game. 
and you see the salaries that they're commanding, mm-hmm. $10 million, the water boy gets $10 million. Yeah. And I'm not probably not even joking. I think that's probably the minimum salary. Is that close to the minimum in baseball? Oh, I don't know what it is. I don't know. The minimums, I think, two million, million and a half, two million. But some still. of our best players are paid two million, two point five. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Well, if you're a baseball fan, and if you ever get down to Milwaukee during, I'm during coming the season, to the Brewers. Yes. Yes. Yep. I'm we'll get Brewer, we'll get Brewer tickets. Yeah. So, Fiorentina. What I mean, okay. They frustrate the hell out of me. I actually picked them to finish in a European place, but they go to Torino, and I think that that might be a product of Torino being really, really well managed, and then Fiorentina just getting slapped in the face. But then they come home and play a Gen- Genoa. I have never wished relegation on anybody before in the years that I've done, at least in the years that I've done this podcast. I want Genoa out of Syria. I I want them relegated. I don't care what their history is and how long they've been in Syria and all of this other stuff. Enrico Preziosi is a is a stupid asshole that doesn't know what he's doing. He brings in a Andrei Shevchenko who had a reasonable run as Ukraine manager and brings him in 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 with the most daunting fixture list you yeah. could ask for. I saw um, doesn't have the team doesn't have nearly anywhere close to the team that he needs to play the way that he wants to play, except for Porto Nova. I actually think he's pretty good um, and is gone after 30 days. What other result was there going to be? And Fiorentina gangster slapped him. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> I was a Fiorentina fan on Monday, late Monday afternoon. I was like, batter these guys, you know? And it's not because of the players, it's because of the management. Yeah. Okay. The management um, that's 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 a byproduct of Serie and not having any any project. That, that that's not a project. That they're, they're, they're what's Genoa really been good for these past couple of years? Signing overpriced Juventus players to help Juventus. Mm-hmm. You know what, what else? Generating developing young stuff. players, the, you know, developing young players for Milan to sign during the banter era. Yeah, the developing young <laughs> players. Yeah, for us to sign and they're not really that good to pull the wool <laughs> over our eyes. Like again, I respect Genoa as the oldest team. I've always done that. I've always, I always had a soft spot for them, but not like yeah. this. No, this should this the, everybody, everybody should apologize. But this is again. How can Serie A continue to have an ownership owner like this? So you have the Genoa problem. You have the Sandoria problem. So basically, no one in, in, in Genoa is watching soccer. Right. Right? One's in jail. One should be in jail for how stupid he is. Mm-hmm. You have the Salernitana bullshit. Mm-hmm. You have Lazio, the, the Lazio bullshit, mm-hmm. because he's involved with the Salernitana. Mm-hmm. You had the Milan stuff a couple of years ago. Yep. You have the Inter stuff. That's six teams, Frank. Yeah. And, and this, I'm rolling them off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I, if I take some time, I'm probably will find the problem with the other ones. So, as a lover of Serie A and Calcio, mm-hmm. things need to change in this league. You can have you cannot have six ownership problems. You can have one. Yep. It happens. But you can't have six. Yeah. In a 20 team league. 
And Juventus with the inflated transfer fees and the problems with that. There you go. Well, that's the seventh. Mm-hmm. You want to go on? We can go on if you want. If you really, if you really think about it, you can go on. I don't know. I mean, it almost makes De Laurentiis wanting to own body look like a saint by comparison. Yeah. You know, De Laurentiis. You know, he keeps the the books pretty clean. So they say mm-hmm. you have no, you have no problems at Sassuolo. They were able to. They were able to. They, they unfortunately they're not able to take that next step. They develop mm-hmm. and then sell. But they were able to build their own stadium. Udine was able to build their own stadium. Cagliari was okay, built their own stadium, but then now this year they they made it, they made the huge mistake of hiring Walter Mazzari. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck would want Walter Mazzari to coach them? That's like yeah. second worst to only Ventura as coaches that I've seen. Well, they had EDF there too for a little bit. Third worst. Yeah, you're going. <laughs> you went from the third worst to the second worst. You know, and, so and- like. And you can put Gianpaolo in that conversation, and he's going back to Sampdoria. He's going back to Sampdoria, and we're going to talk about that later too. That's another yep. genius move from Sampdoria. No, no. You know, it almost it it maybe makes you appreciate the business and 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 how things are run at Atalanta. You know, we've had people come on here on our podcast and tell us that Atalanta might be the most, might arguably the most well-run club of Europe in all of Europe. You know, the way they scout, the way they get their players and, and what they get them for. And then when they sell them, they're crap, you know, yeah. when they leave. They're you know, they're not the same system player. system players. They're pure. Yeah. Si- Hontaburg there is a, is a rumor that uh, – uh, I always mispronounce his name there. But Hontaburg is going to go to Newcastle too. See? Another Gozins. another guy. Uh, or is it Hotsaburg or Gozins? Gozins is uh, going. Probably Gozins, right? He's going to go there and he's going to be shit because he doesn't – it's not the same system. He's a he's a three five two wing back. He is not yeah. a four four two fullback and nope. or four even a four three three fullback. And Newcastle play kind of uh, they they might play three at the back in, in certain situations where it makes sense. And you put him on the left and Trippier on the right. Um, but I mean, it's it, you know, but if they if if they play a back four back there, it's not gonna it's not gonna be it's, it's not gonna, gonna be pretty win. with him. Well, yeah, you know. look, Atalanta, you know, my beef is not with Atalanta, the club. I think very well run. I admire what they do. I would I would be pissed off selling all the time. But if you're selling like they do and replace with almost without skipping a beat, mm-hmm. man, that's a good business. Yeah. Again, it's, it's just, you know, when the last place team of the EPL makes more than the champions of, uh, of Serie A, how backwards are we? Mm-hmm. You know, when, you know, and La Liga is not any better. You know, uh, La Liga has Barcelona in a trillion dollars of debt, I think, right? With that the Spanish government sooner or later is going to bail them out for. Yeah. You know, there's a problem. The EPL is the best run league. The EPL is the European FNFL. Yep. From a marketing, from a finance standpoint, I mean, I think from a, from a, I, I put the Bundesliga up there just strictly on fiscal Bundesliga responsibility. Um, certainly not marketed as well as the Premier League, um, but but yeah, I you know I see your point. If Fiorentina, um, I mean, what do we make of them? Do we are, are they a team that's going to get into Europe? I I I predicted that they would that they would. I, I predicted that they would do it at the expense of Lazio. I'm still sticking to that. Um, I I don't. 
I think everybody's wowed by this six nil result that they did over Gen- that they got over Genoa, but they they beat a mess. And I guess if you're going to contend for Europe, you're supposed to do that. But at the same time, you also can't go on the road and get battered four nil to Torino. As well managed as Torino is under Ivan Juric, I give him a lot of credit for what he's done with that team. Um, but it's where where are you at on Fiorentina? I I still think they're top seven. I think they're going to be in a European competition next season. I want to give uh, honorable mention to Commissario uh, Rocco Gombare Rocco mm-hmm. for his interview in Forbes. If you guys didn't see that, that's that's a, that's a classic one where he basically said that the Fiorentina Stadium is the worst thing that he's ever seen constructed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a w- way to way to win over your fans. And, uh, and Lega said, yeah, but he's saying the <laughs> truth, right? So yeah. uh, Fiorentina is really strange for me. Uh, I think they have what it takes to, 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 to press that Europa League spot. I just don't know which from week to week. I just don't know which Fiorentina is going to show up. Is it the Torino one, or is it? I'm not even going to say the Genoa one because Genoa sucks. Or is it the one that showed up against Milan? The Fiorentina. Yeah, Fiorentina put in a masterclass for us. Or was it Fiorentina or was Sassuolo? I'm mixing it up. Fiorentina put on a masterclass against us. Yeah, so you know, they, Asfolo, they, they, we I think we 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 ended up beating ourselves down the stretch. Yeah, so Fiorentina had a great game against Milan, and then I think the next week they lost. Yep. I think they, they lost to Empoli or something like that. So yep. which Fiorentina shows up? That's the big thing because I think they're doing the right things. I mm-hmm. I, I I know that Vla, Vlaovic will not be there next year. No. Can they keep him for January? I hope so. And if they keep him for January, I think they're going to be dangerous. I expect that they'll keep him for January. I, yeah. I don't see him leaving this window. So I think somebody's going to have to come up with a ridiculous deal to get him now. Um, I think the smart the teams that are smart that are willing to wait for him, I'll tell you this, I don't see Juventus and the Juventus Twitter love to talk about when they're going to get him. Mm-hmm. That ain't happening. Um no, not gonna, not gonna happen. Um, if he moves, he's not staying in Serie A. No, um, no one can afford him. Yep, I mean he's moving for huge money, and he's gonna probably move for one of the big Spanish clubs or into the Premier League. Yeah. So and uh, get ready to scratch check to his agent. Looks like he wants like ten million or fifteen million, and then seven million to his parents, and then anyways the the, the agent fees. You know how they are in in Europe. Is it Israel representing him? No, it's it's another guy, but you see, it's not only Raiola. That's just my way of introducing Raiola into this podcast, where it's not wrong, only him. I picked the wrong profession. Yeah, should have been an agent of footballers. Wouldn't have to work. I just turn up in January and then in the summer and get my guys moved around, collect a few checks, and then that's it. Can go play golf have the rest couple, of the year. Yeah, or have a couple of a cup of coffee, or invite some people to play around the golf, watch a watch a game. And yeah. then just talk. Hey, this scratch me a check of five million. <laughs> yeah. we, we 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 took the wrong path, Steve. Yeah, yeah. we're doing a podcast in our basement for free. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> oh man, um, Atalanta. They get a goal to draw against Inter. Okay, Inter's been scoring on everybody, and. 
And I really, I, I've been battering Atalanta's defense, and I, and, and mainly just because of their system. I think it's gotten to a point where teams in Serie A, you know, have figured out how to play them and how to create chances and get goals against them because they see them so much. And I mean, you even look in the Champions League group stage; they gave up a ton of goals. Yeah. Um, but they get a goalless draw against Inter's the last team I would have expected Atalanta to get a clean sheet against. What's interesting here is this: it, Gasparini changed the system. This might be a sign of hell freezing over, Steve. He yep. played a four-three-three. He played a three-man midfield, which you never see him do in City. It's usually Daron and Freuler partnering. He's got his wing backs. He's got his three-man defense. He's taking the game to people. But is is this something to get optimistic about if you're an Atalanta supporter or? Does this just go back to the old? Does he go back to the old way of how he does things, and they go back to conceding goals? I was watching that game, and I was really interested, and I noticed that too that it was a bit of a different setup. For they got it right, I think it's yeah. not it's not only exciting for Atalanta. I think it's exciting for everybody else who's chasing Inter because they found a way to make them feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Brozovic was smothered with two, three people. Uh, they were all over a place, but they were very, they were very responsible. They were very, uh, they were very disciplined. Everybody played their role to perfection. Yeah, and that caused Inter a lot of problems. They were not able to do what they usually do. Yeah. And Zeko, the real Zeko, showed up. Didn't couldn't couldn't bury his chances, and. You know, Handanovic, he had uh, he had uh, one hell of a game. Whereas Inter is losing this game because mm-hmm. they could not figure out what was happening. As much as I hate Gasparini, that was pretty a pretty intelligent move on his part. I was actually shocked how much he 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 gave Simone Inzaghi and Inter fits, and mm-hmm. it proved something that I've said quite a bit of time. I don't think Simone Inzaghi has a plan B. <clears throat> Simone Inzaghi is a byproduct at Lazio. We saw him play a specific system all the time. As soon as he was challenged, he could not adapt. In-game, in-game adaptation for him was absolutely zero. With Inter, he has a more seasoned squad. Scudetto champions of last year, more depth, but against Atalanta, he was his plan A was squashed, and he had no plan B. Yep. Inter. I mean, it's the the per, from a personnel standpoint, and we've been saying it all season long. They're set up for Simone Inzaghi to play the way he played at Lazio with better players. What was Lazio really what, – what did they excel at under Simone Inzaghi? They excelled on the counter, okay? This inter-team is set up to excel on the counter. Under Antonio Conte, they excelled on the counter. Uh, when they they let you have it, when they won the ball, Lukaku was the first guy they would try to find and get it to him, 
and then they they worked it around and then they created their they created their best chances in counterattacking situations. Here, Inter had the ball for 64% of the game and looked uncomfortable in the process. Anthony's making a very very sloppy with passing cuz they don't they're not a they're not built to be a possession team. They're built to be a counterattacking team. And this might be the thing that gives them a shred of a chance against Liverpool in the Champions League is that they could probably pull off countering them. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I think Liverpool beats them over two legs, but, uh, but if you want to look at something, um, they, they have been a, you know, a, so, and, and when they counter, they explode, but there weren't, this game didn't demand them to do that. This game, Gasparini set up to demand them to say, you're getting the ball. Yeah. Break us down. Good luck. Because you don't like to do this. I agree. I agree. And they didn't. And not only that, the, the Atalanta pressing schemes were very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, you know, you're swarming Brozovic, who's all over the pitch. He constantly had, it wasn't two, it wasn't like a double team. It was more like waves. They came one and then another. It's like gang tackling in football. One came and disrupted. Then another one came for the ball. And then he was out. He was gone. Yep. He was frustrated. Yep. And as the game went on, you saw he, his body language. We haven't seen that this year. His body language was, oh, wow, what's going on over here? Yep. And, you know, he, they couldn't get their center backs in the position that they usually want because they always had the ball. And you're not countering. Yep. So if you bring them up and then you get countered, then your center backs are out of position. Yep. That was it was a really interesting game. It was very interesting game. The other thing that Atalanta did a really nice job, they limited dangerous dead ball situations for Inter. Inter only had four corners in this game. Um, and then I don't think I can't remember a dangerous set piece situation around the penalty area either. Um, which these are th- these are these are other ways that Inter get their goals. So um, you know, so they they did a great job of that. I mean, I think in a way I can be encouraged by what Gasparini now showing some flexibility. I think some of that is just being a good manager and realizing that, Hey, I, I can't be stubborn anymore. It's going to cost us. I got to, we got to be flexible. We got to find a different way and we're going to have to figure out how to win in different ways. If we expect to contend. They were uh, also we, missing a lot of players. Yeah. Yeah. So, no Zapata. They had no Ilicic. They had no, uh, I, I forget. Uh, I forget that uh, uh, Milanovsky wasn't there too. That's, so maybe he was that, forced to play this way. Yeah, maybe he's once forced. he's got everybody available, he'll just go back to what he's doing. Probably, but so. if someone else is watching, haha, <laughs> Pioli, uh, that's a good way. Milan, Milan could play that way. Mm-hmm. Milan could uh, doesn't always. I know Milan likes to have the ball. But against Inter or against uh, against a tougher opponent, I don't know. It's a bit risky, but I would I would give it a crack. I would give it a crack at least the the, the first couple of minutes and see what you can disrupt there. Sure, sure. Um, new signings uh, coming in and right off the bat making an impact, Steve Oliveira. No, no, there's a new signing, Frank. There's a new signing hot off the wire. Yeah. Uh, Richard's wife signed the hitman. Uh, 
his name is Igor. He's uh, <laughs> he, he he's five foot seven. Uh, hails five from foot uh, seven. <laughs> five foot <laughs> seven. He hails from uh, Lutoslav, Moscow. Uh, yeah, that isn't even a thing. <laughs> He's very good in jujitsu. He's kind of like one of those uh, John Wick uh, characters. So for everybody on the on the pod tonight listening, Richard's away, and Richard had the bright idea of going away on his anniversary. So so for work. So so yeah, for work. So if you see me on the next couple of podcasts, uh, that's that's really because of Richard, not because we kicked him out. It's just the Frank Probably told her, hey, we got another one of these next year. <laughs> yeah, so Richard's Richard's wife has the signing of the Mercato so far. He's going to be done in by someone shorter than him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get these sneaky guys there. It's okay. either by sniper or by uh, the, the, the piano wire. You know, he walks into the washroom. <laughs> ah, they choke. <laughs> All right. Well, Igor aside from wherever in Moscow you said he was from. Uh, uh, new signings making an impact right away. Sergio Oliveira for Roma, good shift against Cagliari, scored a penalty. Uh, Icone coming in for Fiorentina, getting an assist. Uh, Nani coming in for Venezia and getting an assist to get Venezia a point against Empoli. Uh, Mikael Cuisance, Nani got an assist for Venezia. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, Cuisance was okay. I think that a young player, you know, having the luxury of being able to play with a team like Bayern Munich and now having to come to play for a team like Venezia, there's going to be some, there's going to be some adaptation for him. Yeah. He did get booked. Um, it's, you know, I, I'm going to get, he's, he's someone I'm going to give a few games. Uh, but thoughts on some of the new guys that have uh, uh, graced us here in Serie A and, and any, any of these guys, I mean, none of them are on Milan yet. Maybe Milan have a guy by the by the end of January, but at least looking at these uh, these other signings and kind of the starts they're off to. What who who intrigued you the most from what you saw? I think Icone intrigues me the most. Yeah, uh, just because uh, you know with Torreira in the midfield and uh, we've seen Saponara in that midfield. You know they have some. I don't know what happened to Castrovilli. He's off the off the planet now, uh, but. Fiorentina have some options in that midfield. Uh, he's someone coming over from Lille that there was was a bit of a surprise to me that he they chose Fiorentina and Fiorentina were able to uh, to splash that kind of cash on someone like him. I remember him playing Milan and giving us a whole bunch of problems. Uh, he intrigued me. I'm not too intrigued by Roma signing to to be honest. For for me, Roma, I don't think it's the striker that they needed. Because I think their main goal is they need to get Tammy Abraham going. And yep. they need to find out what the problem is with Zaniolo. Well, Oliveira is a midfielder. Oh, sorry, um, he's a midfielder. Okay, yeah. well, they needed help in the midfield. So then I'm okay with that. Then. Yeah, <laughs> he um, comes over from Porto. Uh, famous for what he did for Porto in the uh, two legs against Juventus. You know the champions like last year and 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 Roma. Now I I thought that was probably that I think for me that's been the best signing of this Mercato so far. Um, I I I think that Iconi is very interesting to your point. Um, you know, the only thing that I was worried about with Nani, you know, coming to Venezia and time will tell on this was that he was going to be like Ribery is at Salernitana and Ribery has just been, I mean, on vacation. 
Yeah. I mean, borderline useless. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, I mean, he, he, he made our flop 11, uh, you know, at mid season It's just, he's done next to nothing, uh, for that team. Although everybody on Solari Tana has done next to nothing this season. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I'm, I'm intrigued by some of the new blood that's coming in. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the other stuff. You know, there's, uh, some rumors here now that, um, Sampdoria will be taken over by Marco Giampaolo. Again, he'll be back there for a second time. And, you know, I think his first stint at Sampdoria is what made him so attractive to, to other clubs within Italy where our Milan took the bait yeah. uh, and he lasted seven games with them. Um, but the second time around, one of the things that, you know, we can talk about Giampaolo a little bit. He plays. He's he's another one that's stubborn. He has a system and a formation that he wants to play, and he's not going to deviate. He plays four three one two. Yeah, he's got enough strikers to make it work. Um, but the midfield is going to be the interesting point of contention. There's going to have to be some shuffling. Sounds like Stefano Sensi's coming over on loan from Inter, which he's going to get uh, hurt as soon as he slips off the train. <laughs> You're There's saying train. I was saying bus going into the stadium. I was going to say bus going into the stadium. I was going to at least make the stadium. They're going to make him take that uh, Freccia Rossa there and get there a little bit quicker. But maybe that's (laughs) going to make it. This is not to make fun of him. It's just he he can't stay healthy. No, There's a problem there. Uh, You know, and of course, Inter this year, knock on wood for them, you know, is they haven't had really to deal with any major injuries. Yep. But Stefano Sensi, ever since he signed that contract for Inter, it's like it's injury after injury and it's muscle problems. Didn't he get hurt before the Euros in that uh, marathon that they did, uh, dancing around, uh, you know, uh, on uh, national TV? Didn't he pull his hamstring in that uh, in that uh, showcase where they had the the the, the they showed off the jackets and they showed off the the wide collar uh, retro uh, retro suits? Yeah. I kind of remember that. Yeah, he got hurt. He got hurt in one of the dances that they were doing. <laughs> Chocola, choco, cha cha cha. Ah, boom! There goes your hamstring. You're gone. And on the other, and 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 uh, also uh, manager-related news in Liguria. Um, they were Genoa thought they had their man in Bruno Labadia, and Bruno took a look at the situation and look at what they did. Shevchenko said, "No, nah, I'm good." Yeah. I'll see if I can land in Germany again. Um, but rumors are that Gattuso, Maran, and Davide Nicola are possibilities uh, for Genoa. Um, Absolutely no one has to take that job. Yeah. None of I, those guys I, should take that job. No, they shouldn't. Um, <laughs> although, considering where Gattuso has managed in his career... Palermo, Sion, Crete. I mean, it's it's right up his alley. He would love he would he would love to take a shot at it. Just it would but, have to be it would have to be something. It would have to be a project. He would have to understand yeah. that he's going down to Serie B and yep. he's there to bring them back up. Ala uh, yep. Enzaghi, right? What he yep. did with Benevento. Yep. If it's not that, then I'm not taking this job. And that's what I thought the whole Sheva thing would be. Would yep. be it's a project. They're gonna stick with him. They're gonna try to implement his things. He's gonna try to save them. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you can't make gold out of a pile of dump, right? So yep. 
I'm with you. I thought he was going to get more time than that. It was uh, it was a pretty it was a damn shame. Um, we did skip one talking point. Let's come back around to that real quick. Chiro Immobile, he gets a brace against Salernitana. Uh, did he score uh, today against Udinese in the Copa yes. Italia? Okay. I mean, okay, it's Salernitana. On the one end, you can look at it and say it's Salernitana. But on the other end, you, you got to get right somewhere, okay? Um, and, and why not use the Salernitana game to get right and get back among the goals? Followed it up with goal, scoring goal in the Copa Italia. Is... I think for Italy's sake, we got to hope that this is the start of a run of form for him that can carry it right into the playoff because Italy's damn sure going to need it. We're gonna, um, we have no choice. We have no one else at that uh, at that nine position that we can play, and we've seen it since he got hurt. We tried to replace him with other people. Bellotti doesn't work. He's injured all the time. Uh, it has to be immobile, and I think – Besides not scoring goals, I think he does a lot of other smaller things that maybe we might not see mm-hmm. well enough to get everybody else involved. And sure. you know, uh, whoever's going to be playing that left hand flank is going to be able to feed off him and you know cause trouble and and the different runs that he does. You know, I see people. You know, let's put Skamaka. You see Dominic against Skamaka. Guys, this this is. It's, it's, uh, I'm not going to say it's ludicrous, but the guy is, doesn't have too much experience. This is us, whether we qualify for the World Cup or not. I'm mm-hmm. going with Chiro Immobile here. As much as I don't want to see the, 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 the Jerry wet dream tweets about Chiro Immobile anymore, uh, <laughs> we have to, we have to, we have to. Trust in the best players, and uh, and Chiro Immobile is our best chance at striker right now. I like Jerry, but I'm I'm getting very concerned. Jerry's a Jerry's a closet interist. <laughs> I've never seen someone lishaugulo, as we say in Calabrese, to Inter <laughs> as much as Jerry has, and he's not even an Inter fan. He goes for he he roots for Lazio. <laughs> And he Where follows up his inter his inter uh, flower throwing with a uh, uh, SMS tweet, right? Just to just to even things out. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. So let's hope this is the start of a run that can carry him right into Italy. I think the one thing that makes me give gives me a little more confidence in Immobile now is that he's on a club with a manager that plays with. A, a central striker flanked by two wingers, you know, whatever you want to call what what they throw up there. He's not – what I always had an issue with with his Italy experiences in the past was that he's transitioning from playing in Inzaghi's two-strikers setup to now having to come to a – you know, whether it was, you know, Giampaolo and then Mancini to being the center forward in a three-striker system and that he just wasn't making the adjustment, you know, to some of the – tactical responsibilities and the the actual role in and of itself. So um, I'm hoping now that there has been enough games and enough repetition playing with Lazio that he'll, he'll understand it a little bit more now. Uh, yeah, when he not only back. he has to understand, there's a lot of other people that need to, to, to understand the magnitude. And I hope because Lazio is what they are, uh, the Jekyll and Hyde team, yeah. That once you change that baby blue jersey for the Azzurri blue, it's a whole different weight on your shoulder. 
Yep. Now the Euro, we got away with it, right? Yep. But play the Euro over again without a number nine scoring very often for you doesn't. I don't think it's going to go the same way. Might not. Might not. You know, things definitely had to break uh, the right way. So the other, I mean, the other aspect for Italy, just while Verratti has to be fit. Yes. Um, you know, he, I mean, the last few qualifiers where he wasn't available, it was painfully, obviously, not having him, a guy that can slip through the lines uh, himself as far as positioning, but also his passing, yeah. you know, from midfield to forward. So, um, Steve, did you ask Frankie about the Steelers? I, I Look, I, I knew they would lose on Sunday. I went in with zero expectations. Yeah. Um, I said, hey, nothing to lose. Just have fun watching the game. Have fun. Uh, you know, watching Ben play one last time and, you know, and uh, let him we'll ride off. Into next the, year. Yeah. Let him ride off. Well, you won't see Ben next year. I think he's, no. he's retiring. So he's done. Yeah. Let him ride off into the sunset. Well, he can't throw the ball, Frank. He's What's that? Obvious. He can't throw the ball anymore. He has zero arm strength. Well, I thought for the game plan and for what he was asked to do, he played, he played well. Yeah. He had re- his receivers let him down. Um, yeah. They didn't but, catch the ball. Yeah. Especially Johnson. So, yeah. but. Everyone's trying to frame yeah. Deontay Johnson like he's Antonio Brown pre crazy years. So I love the way they the 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 pregame for Johnson where he was catching tennis balls with the both hands and then and then he can't catch the football and then he can't drop the football. He's just nuts. <laughs> so Tonali with Ferrati or who? No, not not Tonali. It's Ferrati, Jorginho, Barella. Um, yeah. that, and that's not even up for discussion. So no. for the Azzurri. At least, at least till we, we get into the calendar year of 2022, and then we'll see. Yep. I'm just, I just hope that Verratti, Barella don't cancel each other out. I don't think they will. So, I don't think they will. I think they'll be out of each other's way enough for it to work. So, um, but we'll see. All right, we are now moving on, and we've kept everybody in suspense. The ch- suspense, the chat has been nice and patient. Let's get on with the world's most popular hashtag game. Who won Calcio Twitter? Richard is still awake. Thank God. <laughs> and let's start with an entry from our good friend, Uncle Sharma. Uh, it is video of Art Morelli. Max Allegri's team talk today. Today. New day. Well, that Art talked like that. I was expecting a more thick, uh, you know, yeah. kind of a, you know, Italian American. He, he sounded like Richard Simmons. Sounds like Presidente almost. No, no, Presidente is more nasal. <laughs> okay, um, so that's uh, that's 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 our charms. It was that, that was all right. I can't uh, nah. can't go with that. Let's let's move on. It looks like um, uh, uh, Magnupio, I think is what it's called. Uh, Abbiamo l'audio della lita di Bonucci. <laughs> oh, this was the whole row about uh, celebrating the the inter the inter coach that was celebrating, and Bonucci thought he was celebrating in his face. Um, yeah. Okay, so. All right, so um, uh, Nima, your uh, your favorite snake, uh, Steve, is in. Uh, it's uh, Uncle Sharma. 
uh, <laughs> showing a picture of Aiden Jekko lifting the Supercopa. Uh, he looks so awkward lifting it. This is what playing at Roma for years does to you. And then Nima comes back and says, it's so much heavier than a bonsai tree. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, th- I think that's the leader in the clubhouse by Nima, default. Nima's in the lead. Yep. Okay. Uh, Interjetsy. Uh, this is a uh, Who Won Calcio Twitter nominee. Lukaku trying his absolute best not to tweet out a congratulations to Inter. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gift. Uh, the guy, uh, he's sweating from everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Inter is now in the lead. Inter Jetsy, I think, is in the lead. Yeah. But I'm I'm letting you pick the winner. We're just going through it. Okay. Uh, Gianni Delicoli from the Calcio guys uh, at Gianni Rules 27. Uh, picture of Lukaku. When I fly, it's never domestic. I always make sure it's international. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny. With uh, 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 Nicholas uh, Di Giovanni uh, begging us to let Johnny win. I mean, we, yeah. we, we, we dock points for people that. Yeah, that minus, minus for begging. It was good, but it minus. Yes. <laughs> At, uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, at uh, Ferino underscore 10 uh, saying, you know what's up? I believe in evolution where you've got the ape and then you've got the Juve kit. That's Inter- the Milan kit. Worldwide t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. So it's a Milan Worldwide t-shirt on uh, Kier Palulu at Alessio 7. Why is the primate on the left not wearing Roma's kit? <laughs> <laughs> That's the first one. He wants to know. <laughs> I nominated this one. This is uh, at Big Mac underscore underscore um, Juventus rebuild. <laughs> and, uh, it's a guy scratching his head watching the chick make the uh, the, uh, the, the lady make the sandwich at Subway. They fucked his sandwich up four times. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Okay. Uh, not out of context. MT, which is Milan Twitter. Not OOC MT. Um that is uh uh who's the faces that's Tamori in the in the leather jacket Tamori right? or or Kalulu pushing Gabia yes or, pu- pushing Gabia okay yeah. that's what it is it's Kalulu pushing Gabia in the, in the wheelchair so um you know i think that this might replace when Tamori pushes Romagnoli around yeah um <laughs> so uh not bad not bad um, all right, moving on. Um, Yanimo. Okay, uh, uh, Kier Palulu back on here. Uh, Forza Juve, English Dibala. I was looking for a friend in the stands. You can make of it whatever you want. <laughs> the friend. <laughs> the friend. <laughs> Nicely played. Nicely played. We like that one. All right. Uh, Ad City, I sit down. Let's see. Uh, Calcio guys are nominating us, entering themselves into the mix with this one. City, I sit down. Nor, nor their employees are eligible for victory. Uh, uh, some photos around City Ad today. And um, it's, uh, let's see. It's always Bonucci in the background. Yeah, it's always Bonucci in the background. <laughs> so there he is there. Uh, there he is in the, in the bib and in every picture. So. Yeah. Uh, Richard getting a little creative there. Richard, we're just not a, we're not eligible for victory there. No, no, uh, no. So, uh, Forza Inter Haiti is uh, nominating Bernard at uh, Surfai. The Inter Twitter si complimenta con uh, Ace Milan e Ace Spezia per aver giocato una bellissima partita fatta di calcio onesto e spettacolare fino all'ultimo respiro. Which, for those of you who don't understand Italian. 
Yander Twitter congratulates AC Milan and AC Spezia for having played a beautiful match made of honest and spectacular football to the last breath. This is from the Napoli tweet, right? Uh, uh, Napoli decided to tweet out uh, uh, for a game that didn't even concern them. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, Napoli did something pretty similar to that. So this yeah. is the guy doing that in reaction to that. Sure. Um, okay. So at Judaism, at, Judea, at Judaism FC, uh, in this Italy, these clubs are AC Milan, Roma, and Atalanta. And it's a picture of BBC in Japan. There are clubs where you pay to have to make someone cry. Uh, have someone make you cry. Pretty <laughs> so, accurate. Yeah, quite accurate. All right. And looks like that's been nominated a second time. Uh, Nerazzurri came also close last week. Underscore, underscore Nerazzurri, the big show. Uh, he has a... <laughs> Richard, what is this? It's Pokemon. It's Pokemon. It's making a sue noise like it's Ronaldo. Oh, okay. I see. It's uh it's is this in response to Jerry uh tweeting Giassi doing the sue after he scored against Milan? In, I'm thinking in that that's what that is. Giassi. I, this this doesn't have a chance because I'll tell you what I I I I love the big show he's a great guy underscore underscore editorial uh, you're usually stronger than this so um, can't let you win on something like that <laughs> um, at C Desantis oh five hashtag Lazio merda <laughs> that's pretty funny that is good <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny the uh, kind of the sad so face. far I have this guy here. And uh, the Nedved lookalike, mini Nedved. The mini Nedved, okay. All right, so you got to pick between one of those. It's either So it's either going to be uh, Chris DeSantis or uh, who is the other one? Um, that was uh, Kier Palulu. Your choice there, my friend. You're the guest. Damn it. They both did a good job. This guy doesn't have that hair, though. They, they Photoshopped that guy's hair. Mm. And that guy put uh, Sadi in the in the Picasso picture, no? Yep. I have to go with Sadi in the Picasso picture. That's pretty funny. Wow, Chris DeSantis for the second time this season. I think the second time in like the last six weeks, in fact, has one Calcio Twitter at C DeSantis05. Congratulations uh, yet again, uh, winning who won Calcio Twitter. I'll retweet that. Uh, for the people here momentarily. So uh, hashtag who won Calcho Twitter. If you have a nominee, um, you know, please pass along. One of the things, uh, you know, keep it clean, respectable. Don't be offensive. Don't be a dick. Um, you know, if it's if it's good, funny banter, we're always going to take that. But, uh, you know, just as long as it's not offensive, let's uh, let's try to keep it somewhat reasonably clean. The, the four letter words are welcome as long as it's not in a derogatory state. So uh, Chris DeSantis for the second time this season is a who won Calcio Twitter winner. Congratulations to him. And with that, we're going to put a bow on this edition of Serie A sit down. And I'm going to give the floor to my guest to plug away anything he wishes. Guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Frank, Richard, thank you for letting me uh, co-host tonight. It was, it's always a pleasure, Richard. Uh, I know you'll be gone for the next two weeks. That's for sure. So <laughs> I've cleared my Tuesday. But if you guys have nothing to do on Mondays, tune into a Milan Weekly podcast. We go live 
on YouTube, talk everything Milan, a little bit of Serie A. Uh, we scream, we yell, we we swear exactly like they do here on uh, Serie A. Sit down, just more Milan focused. Yep. And uh, guys, uh, Forza Calcio, Forza Serie A, all the time. I you know. Uh, and uh, thank you guys again for letting me on. I know uh, this is my third third cap or something. Third like cap. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds third right. Cap. That one, well, I count the one with no shirt as a cap. So, oh, you did? Well, then yes, it's your fourth cap because you came on, you came on for the 200th. Yes, it's true. So, fourth so, cap. Okay. Well, congratulations on your fourth cap. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've said it many, many times City, I sit down will not do Monday night because you guys are on Monday night. Thank nobody, you. Nobody will watch or listen to us. I, they're all they're all watching and listening to you. <laughs> so um, I'm at FTC underscore 21 on Twitter. Uh, I sit down. We have our own channel on uh, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts. There's City I sit down. Uh, give uh, my actual co-host a follow if uh, he can live to see it. Um, at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. But to Steve's point, he might not be. Um, <laughs> so he's gone, uh, guys. He's gone. Yeah. Give him a posthumous follow uh, here over the next few weeks. We're going to shine the, 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 the Richard logo <laughs> up in the sky like Batman. <laughs> yes. Yes, I like it. <laughs> there he is. He's deciding he is. to pop up with the logo. There you go. <laughs> so um it's at Syria Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram for any comments, questions, thoughts. Uh also you can find us on Facebook. Um and uh we will be back next week. Uh Milan Juventus on Sunday. Any thoughts yeah. there quickly? Milan needs to bounce back and forget the Spezia game and and play Juve the way Milan knows how to play. Yep, I agree. I agree. And I think that they've got a chance to, you know, to come away winners in this game yes. if they don't allow Juve to get the early lead because it'll be more difficult to break down. Milan have to strike first and make Juve uncomfortable. Um, yes. And if they do that, they're going to go on and win the game, uh, yep. in my opinion. So, um, all right. So that's it for this edition of City. I sit down, chat, all of you. Awesome job. Thank you for the uh, comments and, and the banter and to, and to help keep it moving. Um, if you are watching us here on the YouTube channel uh, and this is your first time, please hit the subscribe button. Drop a like. Uh, it means a lot to us. Uh, and then hit the notification bell so that you are notified when we are on the air. So uh, that is it for this edition of City. I sit down for Steve and, of course, for Richard. Uh, I'm Frank. As always, tell your paisans about us. Ciao.